0: Okay, fine. So we we um. You got some quiet here. <laughs> we said we we're going to talk about the minig of nittel, the minhagim of nittel. So um, what is it? The minhagim of k'toshim of So let's proceed as follows. I just i want to i want to um, lead with a story. I, I once heard a story. Someone went to ask the briskerav about voting in the Bechirot in Arts Israel. and the Briskirav told him that the mitzvah and It's you know somewhere in the middle. That's that's what describes all of them. So when you look through the, the literature on Nittal, you'll find some who make it Mamish the biggest, you know, Indian mitzvah avera. Some people who Mamish say it's terrible, it's the worst, stay away from it. And then a lot of people in the middle who it's, it's a minig, it's an alta minig, and Mimela, we we um, we adhere to it on some level. So Okay. yeah. So let's, so, so let's break it down a little bit. So I think the first question everyone always wants to know about Nittel is when did it start? Because for, for us, for most people today, for the most part, it's a Chassidisha Minig, I guess, meaning every different cries of Chassidim follows it the way that they follow, it, but it's more or less a Chassidisha Minig. So the question is where did it start? So it, it certainly started before Chassidim. It's not a Chassidisha Minig, it's an earlier Minig than Chassidim. And we have some, some earlier sources Even in the Sefer HaPaiskim That bring it down For example The Chavasyar The Chavasyar wrote a Sefer called Makar Chaim on, on Arachayim Like Al-Pisedar Arach And in there I mean a lot of the Makarchaim Chaim Is quoted in, in, in the and The Meshavur brings it down many times In the Makar Chaim In the back of Makar Chaim After simon Kofnun Hey the, the Chavasyar has a Kitzer Halachas He calls it It was supposed to be a Kuntras of, of a few like that don't have a place in Shulchan Aruch. Mm. We don't have the Kitzar Halachas, we lost it. The only thing that we have of it is the index. And in the index of the Kitzar Halachas, the Chavesiyarah brings down, and that's all we have. But, oh, so one second. So, so, so everyone likes to bring the Chavesiyarah as the earliest Makar in the Sefer Halacha. The Chavesiyarah is in the mid-1700s. It predates the Hasidim. The, 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 the problem is that it's very likely what Leib is saying is true. It's because if you look in the Chaveserah earlier, he, in Simon uh, Pei Zayin, he brings the minig of, there was, there, was, there was a minig to spit when we say, Shehem lehev al-verik. During Galenu, it still is, exactly. <laughs> the <to> spit. Shehem lehev al So now, in Simon Pei Zayin, the Shulchan talks about the Isser of spitting in shul. So the Zaham in the Paiskim, how do you accommodate that minig with the Isser of spitting in a shul? But the on his own brings down, he says, it's a, it's a bad minig, raw minig that they have that they spit by Sheshem Shtachim Rick. We're amechad bin Shivam Zaevim, and even if right now we think we have it good enough that we could be openly disrespectful to, to the Christian faith and, and not worry about retribution, who knows what tomorrow will bring? And you'll put a minig like this into practice, and he quotes from a rush where the rush says, if you don't, we don't push to, to be mavazah. Christian menhagim more than we already have whatever's built in so it's very likely that the Chavasiara would have said that this is a bad minig it's very likely that the Chavasiara would have said that it's a bad minig to separate ourselves and show that Kila we doing something different and not too would not have been a minig that would be in the eyes of the Chavisiyar. so it's neither here nor there let's just say I mean we don't know what he says so, so, but it's likely that the Chavasiara would have been against it now incidentally the earliest place where it's found the minig of Nittal is not even in in, uh, in Svar. There's a whole, like, genre of literature, which is German books written by Mishumadim, by people who went off the Darach in the 15 and 1600s. In German, they would write, like, autobiographies. The church was very busy schnitzing and publishing these books because they felt that it brought shame to the, to the Jewish religion, meaning they'd have a guy who went off the Darach and knew a little bit about, you know, Taira, Mitzvahs, Chazals, Gemara, and he would write down all his crazy Zacharias, you know, how he was raised in an ultra-Orthodox, crazy society, it still exists today. We have this you know, saying, now it's on television, then it was, you know, it's very popular to, to put together, like to showcase, you know, the negatives of, of, of the from community. So the German church would pay for these things. So we have some of these books that are left over in German. And in there, you'll find many times, these Mishumadim will quote Minhagim, and they say on Nittel there's a Minig not to eat, or not to have Tashmish, or to eat specific foods, or not to learn. And a lot of times the Minhagim are a little bit Messed up. They're not exactly how they made it to us later on, but they're similar enough that you see that they were talking about a minig that existed, you know, hundreds of years before Hasidim. That there was a minig to do to engage in certain behaviors on on Nach that were out of the ordinary. Now the minig that we have that we have today, so so fine, so okay, so that's all, so uh, you know, fine and dandy. But it is important to point out that there is obviously no Gemara or Rishaynim, or Shulchan Aruch or Rambam. Or even or paiskim that bring down, you know, from the Paiskim who bring down the minig of nittel. So it's it's a, you know, it it's something that's a little bit unmoored. Meaning we have to figure out exactly what, what the parameters of it are and what's involved in keeping it because it's not something that's actually musker in shochan and halacha. Now, so I don't know which order we should go. Should we do the antis first or the pros first? So uh, well, let's do uh, let's do um, let's do like this. What do you say? <laughs> The anti. Okay, so for starters, the anti. Just just right off the bat, saying like this, what we said that it's not brought down in the Gemara and it's not brought down in So there is a quote. Uh, you know, I didn't hear it obviously, but there is a quote by Rav Baran that Rav Baran said, "Aftzafamachen Agemara Dafmen and Ofen a-Gemara. which is a nice play in words, but it means this. Meaning, Rav said, "Aftzafamachen to close the Gemara to say to not learn Dafmen and Ofen a-Gemara. There has to be a Meforoshi Gemara that says that you now to learn in this day Islam because of some. That's, that's not enough. That, that's a uh, uh, moment they say in the name of Aaron. Now, as well, this is a, a very interesting source. There's a, there's a tshuva in Hebrew. I printed it out. <coughs> there's a tshuva in Hebrew from the tshuva me'ava. The tshuva me'ava is the Be'Huda's, you Behuda's know, primary Talmud. He was the Avbezdin of Prague in the late 1700s, early, early 1800s. He has a tshuva here to a guy who wrote to him in Hebrew. There was a priest in Prague who was conversant enough in Hebrew that he wrote Shailah. There's more than one Shailah that he wrote to the Tchuv Me'ava. His name is Carl Fisher. And Carl Fisher writes a Shailah to the Tchuv Me'ava in Hebrew. He's shalom V'chol Tov, Shailah. Here's the Shailah. In minigahu, this Minig that I heard about that there is on Nittel, not to learn, and not to have Tashbush on Leil Nittel because it's the night of, you know, of Kleipus and of, of, of the Christian faith, is that a real Minig? <coughs> What's the word Nittel? Why is it called Nittel? Why is that the word? Um, And this is the the guy writing, which is amazing. I'll shorten because I'm I'm very busy. And I will hope that uh, the Rav will respond to me quickly. So this is uh, in Hebrew. It's in the original Hebrew. Now, the chuv Me'ava writes back to him in Hebrew as well. And he writes, first of all, that the word Nittel is not a Hebrew word. He says it's a Latin word. Meaning, the, the Karl was like a a linguist, meaning he knew Hebrew, he was a Christian, he knew Hebrew, he obviously, on the language. He wanted to know where, from what word, what's the etymology, from what word in Hebrew do you get to the word nittel? So the Chuvimav writes him, it's not, a, it's not a Hebrew word, it's one of your words. It's a, it's a Latin word. It's a play on the word Noel, which means birth, which is Taka Christian word. So today, in you know the, the, the ritual around, around Exodus time, they have a word called Noel, and it means something to do with birth. And nittel is like a spinoff of that word. That's what the Chuvimav says. And then he says, this that you asked about this minig, <laughs> he says, it's common to find, he says, if I would take my time to explain every minig zar, every strange minig that you find, hashkuris b'fi'ah asafsaf, that's common amongst the common folk, tikhla eis v'henle tikhlena, the time will evaporate and they won't be finished. Meaning, if I take the time to explain to you every silly minig that the amaratim in town come up with, it will be endless. There'll be no end to it. He says, lemaisa. Etzli, he says, Yes, Musa, I have one rule. Call Davar Shainim Move B Talmud It's not brought down in Talmud Gadl, Talmud Bavli, Ubahari, Vaharamba, Vaharash, Batur, Why Ashav Lavadav Khatidavar. I'm not Gairasid. If it's not brought down in the in in, in the Gemaro or the and the, the, the and the the Gudali the Rushanim, I'm not Gaiusat. I'm not Ashav N Dav Khatidavar. It says these varim, they bring down all sorts of things, they make up minig. It's nothing, don't worry about it, it's a fake minig. That's what the Chuvme have a rights to, to to, um, I forgot his first name now. Oh, Carl. Carl. Yeah, to Carl. In Hebrew, to the priest in Prague, he writes this thing. Now, the, the so, so here's the, the, the obvious, um, call it shortcoming of this raya, is that he's writing to a Christian, and he obviously would be worried that if he was to tell him that there's a minig to be Mavaza Christianity on the night of Nittel, that probably wouldn't play great with a Christian crowd. And maybe... He isn't muskr in the Gemara, and he had an easy way to say, I don't deal with things that are from of later origin, I only look so it's an easy way to. the Now, so, so there are those who want to say as follows. <laughs> yeah, you know, so those who want to say as follows. There's a Shleimah of a Kaman, the Flamat Chas, the Yamshashleim of the Gemara over there, that there's a Chiv to be Myser Nefesh, not to lie about the Taich of Adin in the Torah. Meaning, even if a guy asks you to explain to you Adin in the Torah, and in order to make it sound more palatable to him, you'd have to lie, you have to be most not to lie. That's what the Yom Shishlema says. So those who want to say, Mestamah the Chuvah may have hell like any Yom Sheh he he's passing like the Yom Sheh that lying is not allowed. And I was say, like, if he says this in the Chuvah to, to Karl, it must be the truth. And that's the Chuvah, the opinion. Now, I heard B'Shem, Reb David Cohen from Flapish who heard, he said, Reb Mesha once told him that Klai Yisrael so doesn't pass him like this Yom Shishlema. That you have to be Moussa Nefesh not to lie about the Pshat, the Fazil of And the, the Raya is, he says, told him, the Raya is the front page of every safer printed in the 15, 16, and 1700s that it had on the front, it had a stamp that the censor, censor, the censor, whatever his name was, each case was different, censored this safer and took out stuff. And Klaiyissal had no problem selling those farm. him. Grayson Mechabrim sold farm that the censor touched and the censor changed and thing So Ramesh says, the, the, the Raya that Klaiyissal didn't hold like the Samshashleim Ladina is the front stamp on every page in every safer published for hundreds <coughs> of years. So, one could easily be madcha that this Chuvameyava me'ava is not the conclusive riot, this is the actual opinion of the tshuva me'ava. It could be that the Chuvameyava me'ava was saying what needed to be said in the situation that he found himself, and he didn't really, didn't really, um, you know, hold that strongly about it. Now, we do know that the minig of Litta and, and uh, you know, most uh, Litzvahs, the ilma yeshivas, you want to call it? Ilma yeshivas, is not to be gerist nittl. Night say that goes on as regular, even on nittl nacht. Now, there is... Uh, a story. So, so there's a sefer from Rabbi Yaakov Edelstein. Rabbi Yaakov Edelstein, the Rav of Ramat Sharon, the, the older brother of Rabbi Edelstein. You know, today's uh, uh, God Ladar. So, Rabbi Yaakov Edelstein has a sefer of different stories he said over that someone in his community, you know, wrote down. And in there, there's a story there. Rabbi Yaakov Edelstein supposedly said over that goes as follows. He says in Valajin during the Tukuf of Rabbi Chaim in the early 1800s. So, Fashteitzach. The premise of the story is that Fashteitzach. The minig was he didn't learn on nettle. They were Jews like all other Jews. Jews don't learn a nettle. And they were sitting in Valajan, base Bes Medrash, on, on, uh, on Nitil Nacht, and they were I don't know, you know, playing cards, playing chess, uh, playing dreidel, whatever they were doing. And suddenly, a chumash fell off the shelf, and it landed on the floor, open. And Rechaim Valajan was sitting right near it, he quickly picks it up, he gives it a kiss, he puts it back on the shelf. And two minutes later, the chumash falls down again, open on the floor. Again, kisses it, puts it back on the shelf. A third time, the falls down, and Rechaim Valajan understood from that that Vaisdeis, and Shemayim, they were telling him, that they need to be learning now. You can't be sitting here doing whatever else you're doing, you need to be learning now. So he get the clap, and he said, say that. Everyone back to the Gemaras. And supposedly, a short time after that, the, the Russian government came to the Beis Medrash. Uh, uh, Malshin had told them that in Valazhin, they have a ceremony to be Mavaza the Christian faith. And Valazhin was saved from, from being caught on those charges because they were learning. And Rukhany Valazhin felt that as a... I don't know, or as a, as a, you know, that in Valajan they should learn and therefore in the Elyam Yeshivas they learn a nittal. Now, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe not. We don't find, the story's not Muskar anywhere else in any of the, you No, know I'm saying? It, it, right, it's like a chassidah should take on a literature story. It's not, it's hard to know if the story ever happened it probably didn't. So we do know that the minig and Litta Is not to be Nittle. The minig and Litta certainly today Is not to be garrisoned And as far as we could tell It goes back, you know, for, for a long time that, that minig Maybe this is the story of how that minig changed Maybe it isn't uh, I'm just, uh, I'm sharing it with you Now, the chazanish as well The chazanish says He brings from the Sefer Hagim That the reason for Nittel Was it's a simple misunderstanding How it became to be no learning Chazanish says The deal, the deal was that the, the Christians would be in the street the night of, of, uh, of Xmas because there's midnight mass. And it was a heightened time of spirituality. It's a time, it's a yomte for them. And they were a little bit, you know, they drank a little and everyone was a little bit riled up. And if they were to see a Jew on his way home from his Chayadam uh, share or his Ketzal Shulchan shir on the way home from, from the shul at that night, there's a good chance he could get it over the head. And because of that, the men became, you stay home on, on, on Xmas night just for safety. You don't want to be out at night in, in a town where there could be people who are going to hit you. And so, if the Amaratsim stayed home, they associated with that. That's like a you know you know no Torah Tuesday. We don't learn tonight. That's it. So it became a minig. You don't learn, and that became the minig. the and therefore says the Chazanish. Now that we live in environments that aren't like that, where you're not going to chop a patch over the head if you go to Ashir on Nitil Nach. So Avada, you should go to Nitil. And the Chazanish used to ask them not to even tell him what night Nitil was. I don't want to know. I don't want to know about it. I don't want to hear about it. Just don't even tell me. I don't. I don't even want it to be a conversation in my house. Was the Chazanish's policy? And the Chazanish would instruct everyone like that. So, okay, so those are, let's call it the antis. Now you have the, the parava in the middle. Bavadi has a chuva. in Yabi Omer. Bavadi has a chuva where he says, You know, shamati about this minig of nitil. I just heard about this minig of Nitel. I never heard about it in my life. Nowhere I ever grew up in any of the Sardi Kahilas had this minig. It doesn't really exist. He brings, you know, 10 gemaras about how terrible it is to be in Vatal Tayra, and there's almost no excuse to ever not learn. He's like loy shamanu, but if it's a minig by I guess you know keep your minhagim. But for us, you know, and svarad, we don't have to, we don't we don't even have this minig, and and he just like he brings you know kedarke, endless gemaras that, that imply that learning is very important, which is not a big khadish, you know, that's not hard to find. Endless gemaras that imply that learning is a big khadish. and that uh, you know learning at night is important and learning early in the morning is important. And and Mimela, he says uh, shamanu, it's not the minig that we have. And If it's your minig, so I don't know, do what you want, but it's, it's not my minig, it's not our minig, you know, an unziru kreisen. Now, then, okay, so now, now the pros are obviously, every chsidr shasefer, you know, has, you know, I, I saw one guy collected. I think there are 14 taimim for nettle, and, and, you know, dispersed, from all the chsidr are on 14 different reasons. A lot of them are, you know, whatever, and, you know, neither here nor there, but we'll, we'll go through some of them, but this, you know, 14 taimim. Now, the the important part is that, the Chassam Seifer has a tshuva where the Chassam Seifer writes that the minig the yeshivas that he learnt in Seifer came from Germany, from Frankfurt. Seifer writes the minig the yeshivas that he learnt in was to adhere to nitel, was to not learn a nitel So that's a very important uh, that's a very important source because the Chassam is not Hasidish, and he came from a very different background, you know, from Germany, and he writes clearly that the yeshivas that he learned in didn't do didn't um, didn't learn nitel. They adhered to the to the to the Indian of nitel and the Chassam in his own yeshiva, you could read from his different Talmudim, The Chassam Sefer, Sefer in his own yeshiva did not give shear to the Talmudim. Night shear was canceled the night of Nitel. It's mashia from some talmidim. The Chassam learned at home on his own and wasn't didn't wasn't, didn't have a problem if people learned at home on their own. But the Chesim Sefer in the yeshiva did not give shear in And They actually had a very different seuda huyoim. In the Chassam yeshiva on Leil Nitel, the seuda was as follows: they would go to sleep at shkia. <coughs> or at 6 o'clock, depending on which minig you have when Nittal starts, either 6 or Shkia, they would go to sleep, the holy shiva would go, they'd have early supper, go to sleep, they would sleep until 12 o'clock, till chatzays, till, till the time of midnight mass, till the time when the Catholics are going out to their, to their you know, ceremony on, on Nittal Nach, and then they would all get up and go to West Medrash and have night say there with night cheer from 12 o'clock until the morning. That was the minig of which is unique to, to the L'zef Shiva. I think, I believe that square still today, has this minig. Has this minig. Most Hasidim do not. Have this minig, but I think that Skler has this minig till today. That was the conservative minig. So it's, it is Nitel, but like with the tweak, and the Maram Shik as well. And his yeshiva had the same minig. So these are you know important sources that are not Hasidish at all. That clearly you know strongly believed in the minig of Nitel. Otherwise, it's mostly in uh, in in, um, in the, you know in the different uh, Hasidish shasar. Now you'll find also there are those who bring down that the Marsha, who lived a long long time before had the minig of Nittal. Now, okay, this is not in any writings of the Marsha or anybody from the Marsha's Dar, but later on, people said about the Marsha, so there were obviously some sort of, you know, uh, tradition that the Marsha, uh, you know, didn't learn on Nithl. Now, the Chedush Rim used to say over that uh, Rabbi Yenison Eipschitz was once, also, also Prague. Rabbi Yenison Eipschitz was once in Prague on Nittal Nachli, he wasn't learning, and he was accosted by a priest. Again, not in Hebrew, dafka, not in a tshuva, but this is the Chedush Rim used to say over this story. That the priest asked him, he says, you guys believe, you say that it's a chazal, you guys believe that if for even one moment there's no Torah being learned in Kala Yisrael, then the, the world is bottle, right? The world can't exist without Torah. So, I nittle. How do you guys all, for, for, for 12, for 6, 8, 10, now, okay, the globe, fine. exactly, fine. No, but if Rebavadia is correct, that in the eastern part of the world they don't have the, all oh, right, yeah, yeah, right, exactly, no, they don't 6, have it. 12. Yeah, yeah. The cash is not really a kash. It's, okay. it's a Gaisha kash. No. Yeah. He asked him, how could it be that, uh, that if you guys believe that the world will cease to exist if there's no Torah, no then how could it be that you have this minig of Nittal? To which Rabianis and I replied to him, Chazal say, minig Yisrael Torah. That's the Torah lane. The fact that we're adhering to a minig that's, that's not Torah is also Torah. And this the Chadusha Arim used to say over in his tesh, uh, you know, when when Nitel fell out on Shabbos, <coughs> the was very makbed to always say Teirah by Tish. The Shurim didn't want to just have Tish for singing and eating. He was very Makbid to say Teirah. When Nitel fell out on Shabbos, on Friday night, like it falls out this year, on Friday night of Shabbos, so you're in a conundrum. You want to have Tish for Tachsidim, and the Shurim was, was very makbed to have tairah. So the Chiddushim would talk about the Minig of Nitel and say Al Minig This is also Taira and it counts as having Taira. That's why we have it because it's in the Drush of the on Nitel Nacht of, of Shabbos that fell out certain years. Now, so um, so yeah, I got also saw that the the Chiddushes and in the Bav B'Rav, you know a few Bav B'Ravs ago once uh, bumped into in a Litvak in, and and he saw him learning a Nitel Benacht. and he said No, I it's Nitel. How could you be learning? And the unnamed Litvak told him, "I want to be zeichet to the Gehenim that someone gets for learning on Nitel." So, so the Kedush Sion looked at him and he said, "Yeah, yeah, Gerechpes to the Gehenim for learning on Nitel is not so schlacht, but the Gehenim for someone who's a minig, that's already not a gehenim that you want to see." So, so Bukhalafin, you know, it's certainly a minigisrael, a minig kaddish maybe. It's certainly a minigisrael, and and. Uh, and in, in certain kihilas, it's a very, very important uh, minig, and, and they obviously keep it. Now, so let's talk some of the pratim. So obviously we know the pratim of the minig is that uh, we don't learn on the night of nittal. There's also a minig not to have tashmash on the night of nittal. Ad that in certain chasidish the mikvayas are locked. Nittal That means even someone who's leil tefillah is, is nittal the mikvayas are closed, which is, you know, very extreme. But there are still today. I think in Square, for example. I think still today in certain, uh, you know... No, I know, but you knew that. <laughs> you no, know, you, you knew Square the other minig. I'm saying I think in Square till today, I don't know who else, but this is a, a minig that they have, uh, not that the mikvah was even closed. Now there's also, Leib, this is Taki special for you. There's also a minig. Leib asked me if there's a minig or Nittal to eat Chinese, because uh, based on the American Jews on December 25th, they traditionally eat Chinese. I mean, it's, I think the minig was bottled by us, by our dar already, but you know, old Americans would eat Chinese on December 25th. Now there is a minig that's brought down they eat shum, they eat a lot of garlic on the night of, of nittel
1: mm-hmm.
0: Now, so, so it's unclear what the reason is. So there are them, the, those who say the reason is because shum is, uh, it wards off all klipas and, and shlachta things that are all shadim and klipas that are out in the world. <coughs> and since, you know, this night of Nittal is a night that's heavily populated with Shadim and klipas, so you keep uh, snacking on shum to keep yourself safe. That's one version. The other version, I, this is brought down in Svarim, is that heist is an esr tashmish on nittel benach, so if you keep eating Shum, it's, it's going to prevent you from having Tashmish, and, uh, you know, because it doesn't smell good, it'll prevent you from having Tashmish, and it, one, this minute takes care of the other minic. I kid you not, this is brought down in Svar. So now, I, I don't know, what do you say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the cash is, I, it's, I, the minute is to eat Shum, yes, so you're going to have to say, prepare it differently. <laughs> the tar- they ask this, they ask this, the has to be, you prepare it differently. Right, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, you prepare the Shum differently, good cash, yeah. So now... What's the square svareli? He doesn't know. Okay, and yes, yeah, so now this is this part. Uh, okay, so now this part needs a drop of, of calculation. Let's just hold the cup for one second. So when is when is the minigem nittle? So this the easy version of the minigem nitel is December twenty fifth, right? Because nitel is, is connected to the holiday of Xmas. That's what it's connected to. So December twenty fifth is when in our parts of the world they celebrate Xmas. December twenty fifth, Catholics old, That's when Mass is in Rome. That's when when the holiday is. So that's very simple. That's always the same. December twenty fifth. Now. There's another version of Nittal that is January 7th, the, the eve of January 7th, right? Now, the eve of January 7th is the more popular meaning of Nittal. That's more widely accepted in different kilos. So now, let me just explain how it came to be that there's two different Menhagim: December 25th and January 7th. So just, just, uh, just, just for one second, just drop a calculation. So in about 2,000 years ago, Julius Caesar set the calendar for the Roman Empire. Okay, now he set the calendar based on... Uh, uh, solar. solar, exactly And a solar calendar Which he cheshboned <laughs> to be Him and his astronomers cheshboned to be 365 days and 6 hours For every yearly cycle That was the cheshbon that they made And that's the calendar that most of the world Ended up adopting and following For hundreds and hundreds of years Now, eventually at some point With you know, more modern instruments And better Havana of the solar system They realized that Julius Caesar's calculation Was off by a little And really the year is 11 minutes shorter than 365 and six hours. So that by the point of 1582, when Pope Gregory was in charge, they were off by, by 10 days. The calendar had, been, had become off by 10 days already, meaning the actual like, solar cycle of the seasons and everything like that was moving slowly, it was off by 10 days. So in order to fix this, there's something called the, the Gregorian calendar, which is basically Pope Gregory and his uh created a new calendar. What they did is as follows. That year, in 1585, they went from October 4th and they skipped straight to October 15th. They skipped the 10 days that were missing. They caught up, Kilo, to the 10 days that are missing. I mean, it's it's back, the 10 days that were taken away, meaning the additional 10 days that were taken away, they caught up, and in order to fix it, what did he say? Every five hundred years. Yeah, every hundred years. One second, so in order to fix it, they they, they made, uh, they made leap years, yeah, but they made November be they made November be only 28 days every four years. February. What do you say? February. February, I'm sorry. And at the end of every century, you, at the end of every century, you skip one, and the end of every four centuries, you do something different, like a whole different cheshbon to catch it back up. Now the problem was uh, the problem was as follows: that, that at, by the time 1585 wrote, comes around, and Pope Gregory is the the calendar for really, for the whole world. There had already been a split in the church. There's something called the Great Schism in ten thirty five or ten fifty-five, where the Eastern Church and the Western Church split. The Eastern Church stayed with the Julian calendar, stayed with the original calendar of Julius Caesar, and the Western Church moved on to Pope Gregory's Pope Gregory's calendar. So what did you say? Like yeah. So coming. that they were there in, in fifteen eighty-five they became a 10-day separation between the, between the two churches, which would mean that in the year 1585, when Xmas was in Rome, December 25th, in the Eastern Church, it was January 4th. 10 days later is January 4th. Now, the way the calendar was built, Pope Gregory's calendar loses a day every 100 years, which means that every 100 years, the split grows. It goes from 10 to 11 to 12, so that in, in 1701, for example, the day of Nittle the day of Xmas in the Eastern Church would have been January 5th. In 1801, it would have been... In 1801, it would be January 6th. In 1901, it was the 7th. Because of the every four centuries, nothing changes. So 2000, it stays January 7th. In, in, 2000, in 2101, it'll be January 8th. So the, the gap keeps getting bigger and bigger. So now... What did you say? Yeah, Italian. Now, the, what this is interesting for us is for one reason, because it shows us something very interesting. In bells... Lay bells also, no. no. In bells, there's, there's a minig. Now this is a complicated thing because in bells, it's like a machlekes if this is a shah or this is a real minig. But in bells, there's a minig to keep nittel the night of the fifth, leading into the sixth, and the night of the sixth, leading into the seventh. Now sixth leading into the seventh, that's traditional. That's what the day of Exmas falls out in the Eastern churches, which is Russia and all that that was underneath them. That makes sense. But the fifth to the sixth, that's a shvarazach. So now, what do you say? Let's make it the yam. Exactly, you want to be Machver, 100%. So now what, what people figured out, really, is that the Minig in Bells is probably as follows. Is that the Minig to keep Nittel, Kilu, in the, in the 1700s, all the way till, 1780, till, till 1785, was Taka the 5th, going into the 6th. Because that was the night. And the earliest Hasidim would have kept it that night, because that was the night of exodus in their area. Now the next generation it moved and when it became very popular in the on in the eighteen hundreds, it became January sixth going at the seventh Dhaka. In Bells they were showing the old kilu because they didn't rem- they didn't know Dafka that it was because it moved, it didn't move, they just knew the, the, the Alti Rebbe kept it this day. Why Today what do you say? Oh, so really it should keep moving. But the answer is that by the time it got to the next generation of it was already in an Altaminig. And hagim don't move. <laughs> That's the thing. Altaminig don't move. Hagim that are just becoming popular are actually tied to a specific Mura or a date in the calendar, those still move. Altaminig don't move anymore. So I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be, I mean, we won't be around to know, but I'll be very surprised if in 2101 Nittel moves, what do you say? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nittle moves to, to, to January 8th, the eve of January 8th going into the 9th. I'll be surprised, <laughs> but but, but uh, Chalif and the Belziminik definitely accommodates this reality that there was two days that, that it could apply to. Now, so let's talk about. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. Should we talk about the? Should we talk about the reasons? Or should we talk about chess? <laughs> Both. Both. Okay. So so some of the reasons. <clears throat> okay. So some of the reasons for Nitel, are um, as follows. Rnosan Adler, some Seifers Rebbe, the Choseifer brings this, writes that it's Altsavelos. Heyoyz, today's the day. Xmas is the day that the Christian faith was founded, and from the Christian faith, so much bad came to the Jews. So it's like a me'en of avelus. On this, the Sefer asks a basic kasha. Bezey, that there's a lot of things that a person could learn when they're in avelus. <coughs> a person in avelus, says a lot of limudin they could learn. Teshuvah, a person could learn a lot of things. Duxim Sefer says that would be no reason to shut down shuls and yeshivas. We should have just a shir and hanazakin and getin or iayv or whatever, uh, you know. Make a shir and chaskal. So Sefer says that that reason doesn't hold enough water. So says the so he says, the reason is because it will be if everyone would stay up and learn their regular starms. So the ilum would say that they'd knock till 10, 11, 12. Ilm's getting tired. Everyone goes home and goes to sleep. And then at 12 o'clock out comes all the, all the Christians with a grace of frischkeit to go to evening mass. It's going to be a big kitrig for Klal Yisrael. You guys are going home to sleep and they're all coming with a frishkeit with bells and whistles and processions to do. It's a big kitrig. i will able to avoid that kitrig. We don't learn a nittl, and therefore says the chumzayfer, like we mentioned his minig earlier, the proper way to do it is to sleep early and then get up for our own version of midnight mass and make a you know a real se'ad alima that's going to knock so that there's no kitching. What are you saying? Uh, so there'll be no 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 that's what That's have heard. And the male chumzayfer shino a minig. That's I've heard Also do something different than others minhagma of nittl. Now now um, this is something that's a strange one. Rabbi Zachadoyev of Bells brings down as follows. He says there's a famous mimer from the from the Magid. There's a Gemara and Brachas. The Gemara and Brachas says as follows: adam A person shouldn't <coughs> say goodbye to his friend. Elam techtvar halacha. like Gemara. halacha. And this kamal Gemara. The Gemara brings stories of different Amiram who would swap halachas with each other when they left. And the Gemara says, Why well, should be techtkahzechreiu? Because through the Dvar halacha that you share with your friend, he'll remember you. Says the Mizrchin he touches the Gemara totally different. He says, means a person shouldn't separate himself from dveikus to Kaddish Baruch Hu. means the ultimate chaver, Kaddish the dveikus that Hashem has that comes Baruch has, Israel. A person shouldn't separate himself from the dveikus that he has at Kaddish Baruch Hu. The only thing that you can take a break from dveikus for is if you're learning instead. Learning, even though it's not dveikus, you can take a break from dveikus for. So it says the the, the, the Belzer Rebbe." That's why Nittal Nittle is, is a night When there's such an amount of Klipas of and, and you know other Kachas Atoma That are out there in the world It's not a time to take any break from dvekus Even for learning <coughs> Learning is a step down from dvekus You can't take any breaks from dvekus Now the nafkamina of this reason is obvious Is that if the point is to stay Davuk Then to sit in shmooz or, or play cards Is not going to count as dvekus And you know that. So, so that reason is a little bit hard to understand because the minhagim don't really allow for much dvekas. It's not like like the minhag to go to shul and, and daven and say uh gimel midas for for eight hours. It's to sit around. So, so that that you know that reason is a little shveros. Now there are others that say the reason is because Yeshu himself was a Talmud, the of in and he learned a lot of Torah. And it's possible that tonight when you're learning, you'll say over something that he once learned, and it'll be a s'chos for him that he once learned this also. And we don't want to bring any s'chosim for him. Again, these are, you know, reasons. the reason exactly you could choose. I'm saying we said probably uh, six or seven of them over the, the span of this. So you could choose which one you like, but, you know, the reason itself is not so clear. Now, I just wanted to, to, to talk about this one thing for, for a minute. I think the ilm that there's a minute to play chess on little by night, right? There's a famous picture of the, of the Riyats and the Lubavitch Rebbe as a young man playing chess together. There's pictures of other Rebbe's playing chess. There's a famous minig to play chess on the Benach. They're in a PlayStation. They're in a PlayStation. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So this is a famous minig. So now, there's there's Chil Mechel Stern from Yerushalayim, the rav of... Uh, I forgot which neighborhood now. Very, very interesting man. He puts out a safer a year at least. He has a safer about games. A whole safer about games. And in it he has about 30 pages on chess. You know, chess, the Masairah of chess in Yiddishkeit, and all the different Gideleim and stories, etc., fine. Now, it turns out that it's probably if chess should be played because it's it makes you sharper, and therefore you'll be able to learn better, or it's a waste of time. So, the Knesset HaGidele, for example, brings down that many Gideleim used to play chess because it's the the Gideleim, the Gideleim, says it's a terrible waste of time, and etc., etc., fine. Now, when I was browsing the Inyanim of chess, I came across a great story that I just I thought it's good idea to share. So we'll we'll end with the story. There was someone who lived in Mainz, Germany, in Magenser. Shimon Hagadol of Magenser. We're talking about. He was born in the year 950. He died in the year 1020. A solid thousand years ago. Actually, several of his piyutim made it to our and Rosh Hashanah. And even more than that, several of them became famous songs. So we still know them today. Lamashal teira eschan li those words are his. Uh, the song, Kanei Shimcha, you know, that health got peace, that's his words. Ba'atabanim um, is his words. A lot of his piyutim actually survived and made it to our, you know, to our tfilis to our, uh, and, and song today. So now, if Shimon Agadlov Magenta had a son, his name was al Now, we know this because a lot of, many of his piyutim, he signs off. Shimon uh, should have, you know, should be zaycheta il-Mahabah, al should also be zaycheta, which is a very odd think to sign off, like, you, you know, it's, you wrote a period. it's your because so you don't sign off, like, me and my son, my one son, should be al m'habla. So, so what's the story? So he had a son, Al-Khanan, who it seems the story goes as follows. When he was a little boy, the parents, Rav Shimon and his wife, went to shul uh, one night, one, one Friday night, and they left him at home, sleeping with a babysitter, you know, he was seven, eight years old, six, seven, eight years old, and the fire went out in the house, and the babysitter went out to find a guy who could come light the fire again in the house on Shabbos. And while she went out, uh, some you know non-Jewish woman who worked in the house noticed that there was nobody there, and she thought she has a huge mitzvah opportunity. She could take the salchanon and give him to the church, and he'll be baptized, and he'll be saved. She'll save his life. She quickly scoops him up. She takes him. She brings him to the church in Mainz. They, she he goes there, and from there he gets passed, you know, to monastery to monastery till he ends up in, the, in a monastery in Rome, where he's raised as a as a Christian. Now, the, the parents, Reb Shim, uh, Shimon Agadel and his wife are you know, heartbroken, but there's no, one, there's no one to talk to, there's no one to look. They, they have no idea. He, just, he disappears without a trace. And, and uh, because of that, Reb Shimon, in the, in the end of his piyutim was wont was to write, My, my son, Al-Khanan, should also be zeiched, I don't have meaning. I don't know where, what, when. I don't know what became of him. Now, Al-Khanan uh, had his father's head, and he was very talented, and he rose through the ranks. He became a big kochav. In the, in the church in Rome. At a certain point, it seems, and we don't, you know, it's a legend, but the legend is Musker in many, many places. But it seems he became the Pope. Al Khanim becomes the Pope in, in the year, you know, uh, 1000, whatever, you know, 1,000 years ago. He becomes the Pope in Rome, and it seems that he remembers where he comes from. He remembers that he has a Jewish heritage. He knows his parents live in Mainz, he knows who his father is, and he's craving to meet his parents again, for you know, to, to, to connect with them again. So he thinks of uh, an idea. He sends message to the church in Mainz that they need to make an edict that no Jews are allowed to go to shul in Mainz anymore. And his assumption is that if he passes such a rule, probably they'll send the Mishlachas of Rabbanim to Rome to talk to him. And, uh, and one of them will be his father who was the God Ladar of Mainz at that time. And Kachava, they select the three elders of the community. They go to the church in Mainz and they ask him, he says, no, above my head, it comes from Rome. What are they gonna do? They saddle up, they drive to Rome, they get to the local, the, you know, step by step by step. Each guy says, no, this is above my head. This comes straight from the top. The Pope himself made this one. It's a strange thing. The Pope doesn't even hate Jews. How would the Pope know what's going on in Mainz? It's, like, it's a very strange, hey, okay, finally after a few weeks, they managed to get an appointment with the Pope. Yeah, Mamish, Mamish, it's the uh, school of man, but, but one second, the detail that I want is not that. So he, he, they get an appointment with the Pope and the three of them walk in and the Pope is sitting and playing chess with some of his cardinals when they walk in. He's sitting and playing chess with his cardinals. He looks up, he sees these three old Jews, and he says, I want, only the oldest one could stay. Everyone else has to go out. Even you, he sends his cardinals out, I want to just meet with the oldest Jew. He Sits down, Shimon, and he starts, and the minute of Shimon I go to sit down, the Pope asks him a cash on a sugya. Back and forth, he says, and he's blown away. Listen, how does the Pope know all this learning, uh, talking and learning back and forth, you know, debating, and then he says, hey, you know, you seem like a smart guy, you want to play me chess? So Rav says, sure. He sits down, they start playing chess. Now supposedly Rav Shimon Agadla Magensa was a chess master. He had never lost a game of chess. This is what's said about him. He had never lost a game of chess. He sits down to play chess with this uh, young Pope and in a matter of a few moves, the Pope uh, destroys him, he's done. And Rav looks and he says, he thinks that move that he did, that's a move that I invented. Whatever this is supposed to mean, that's a move that I invented. That's a move that I know, that I use, that I taught to my son a long time ago. He looks at him and the Pope says, you recognize me? He says, no. He says, did you, ever, did you lose a son maybe once upon a time? He says, yeah, my son, Al-Khanan. He says, is there any uh, distinguishing characteristics of him? He says, yeah, he has a birthmark on his left shoulder. And the Pope pulls back his, his you know, kaftan, his, his frock, And he shows him the, the birthmark. And Ani Yosef. And they hug and they kiss. And, 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 uh, and whatever. Now, whether or not the story ever happened, I don't know. I will say that it's, it's very early. This legend starts, Mamish, like in the 1100s. Really very close to the time that these people were alive, this legend starts. It's mentioned in many, many versions. There's like woodcuts and paintings that are about the story of like the Ani Yosef, the Hizgalos of Rav to his son. But I just thought it was very interesting that, that chess plays like a central role in the reuniting of these people. That like the Jewishness of Ekele, like that the, the pastime of intelligent Jews in the, you know, 1,000 years ago would have been to play chess, that this made it to, the, to, the, to, to be the story that reunites them. B'chaleifen, um, I, I think we'll all do it, that. that's enough. <laughs> yeah, it's another version of.